Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me, per usual, are my senior editor, Jude Seymour, and Eric Hansen's favorite Twitter follower, Brendan McElinden. Fellows, what's up? Hey, I'm also, we also have a, f- a fourth uh, person in the room, a little baby Odette. How, how is Odette tonight, uh, Brennan? Uh, uh, she's doing very good. Um, I don't know if I you love- noticed because I, I did a seamless transition last week, but uh, in the last half hour of the, the podcast, she definitely threw up all over me and I completed <laughs> the podcast uh, shirtless. Um, <laughs> That's how this podcast should be recorded. So at least two out of three of the hosts probably were shirtless. <laughs> you got the count right. <laughs> so oh. so hopefully hopefully we can uh, we can we can make it uh, fully closed this time. Well, I'm, bl- I'm glad to have her back with us, and I think the fussing is 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 on par with my cat purring. So I, I think we both you know our our listeners are used to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. Yeah, it's, all, it's all good. There's other podcasts where you can hear bird tweeting or pen clicking. Uh, we got babies and cats that smell like bong rip or sound like bong rips. I did appreciate uh, Shutdown Fullcast's return with uh, the cicadas in the background like, the <laughs> oh, entire yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that was just that was perfect uh, background noise for, for what those guys are doing. <laughs> Yeah, it's the All right. year for them, so it is out in full force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we, uh, we're we here tonight. Notre Dame is uh, – everything's on. Every, the whole thing's on. Uh, the season is going to move forward. Notre Dame had their practice. Uh, we spoke with Kelly today. Uh, it, nothing is normal, but everything is moving ahead, uh, with so, which gives it some sense of normalcy. Uh, but there's – it's we're still what 30 days out for the first game. Um, I don't know. I, I guess let's start it this way. How are you guys, Jude, how are you feeling right now about football season? It was something I heard on the Irish illustrated podcast today. They, you know, they were asking about, are you excited? And O'Malley was like, just ready to jump on. Like, yeah, you know, let's just, yes, I am. Uh, and Samson was a little more like, eh. And I think I'm, I think I'm more in line with that. Like I'm, I'm excited, but I'm just like, there's no, nothing's going to surprise us, right? That's going to happen now. So I just, I don't want the bomb to get dropped. And it's just like, son of a bitch. It's almost like you allow yourself to have have a little hope and then it gets dashed, right? So I was like, it's like a Notre Dame fourth quarter comeback. Yeah. I was very much in the the Pete Sampson camp before the ACC schedule got announced, um, the affiliation with the ACC. I was just like, all right, the season's over. They're not going to play. Like, it is what it is, whatever. Like, screw all this or whatever. And then they, like, put out the schedule. They had, you know, BC, Dracovic getting immediate eligibility. You got Syracuse, which is, like, the local school. So there's some, like, you know, there's some interest there for bragging right purposes. And the game's in December. Like, there was just some, like, eyebrow-raising stuff that it was like, all right, they kept the Clemson game in November. And it was just, it was kind of fun. I let, I let myself get back into it. And I think that I've actually been kind of impervious to these announcements by the Pac-12 uh, Pac and the Big Ten recently that they're going to they're gonna move to spring or look towards spring, but definitely not do fall. Um, I, I'm, now I'm just kind of like, I want to see full speed ahead. I want to see 
how many weeks they can get this thing uh, going before it, it, it like inevitably crashes. Um, and, and it's weird to say that because I'm also very much concerned about the players um, getting ill, but then I'm also kind of all over the place in terms of how I feel about, well, if the, are the players any safer if they're just being college kids? Because I think just it's going to get spread around these college campuses just by interacting with each other. So I don't know. I'm kind of all over the, I'm, my head is all over the place. I think I feel like a typical college football fan. Like I need something. Welcome to my world, Jude. Yeah. Welcome to, I feel welcome like to I being all over the map. I need something on Saturdays. Like it's just not going to be enough to, um, you know, it's Saturdays are just going to be so rough in the fall if we don't have something. So I, I don't care if it's FCS or D3 or whatever. I got to see some college football get played. Um, so from a purely selfish standpoint, I hope my team's involved. Well, at the very least, you you can, well, I'm, I'm full speed ahead. Uh, the only thing that keeps me down is man, Twitter is a hellscape of bad vibes. Nobody wants to let you have any good vibes on, on the Twitter machine. Um, it is not a very happy place, Uh, but I want to be full speed ahead. I I want, I also want to, I also just interject recently. I like, I have some very good friends on Twitter that are very much like cancel this season. And I, feel a little bit like it's wrong now to want the season. And I don't know when that turned, but I, I don't want to like come off as not caring about the player safety, but at the same time, like I feel like this momentum's happening with the players anyways, and they want to play. So I'm almost feeling like I'm respecting their desire too, but I don't know. I feel like it became suddenly unpopular to, advocate for a season so that was my interjection i'm sorry brennan keep going that's i'm judy that's spot on i feel the same way where i kind of almost feel like i have to keep it like i'll retweet good stuff and nothing but good vibes for me i want to put good vibes out into the world uh funny pictures and the like because this covid thing's hard for everybody and you know you i've seen all kinds of studies about depression's way up in america and i got i have a real close friend who had to check into an impatient thing because he's going through a rough patch in his life. And like when the Michigan news that the Big Ten dropped, he like just got out and I didn't want him. And he didn't have, you know, he's, he's been off his phone and I didn't want to give him a text and he's had to be off Twitter. And I was like, man, I felt bad for him because it was like just piling on an already bad situation for him. And just, I don't know if, if, if the players feel comfortable doing it and, there's doctors putting their livelihoods on the line, right? You can say that that their sham doctors plugging on ahead. There's people putting their entire careers on the line, and if they think that they can do this safely, and the players are buying in, I don't know how you can't how why you should feel bad for wanting to have nice things. And I right. I, I don't know. I, I don't Here's, I don't I get it, but at the same time, it's like. Here's where I'm, I'm at. And I think so. So I think maybe we're all three on the, a little bit of the same page. So here's where I'm at. I absolutely 100 percent don't be- think that there should be a season right now. I just I do not 100 percent think that they should shut it down. Be no. But that's just like how I feel about it. But how I feel and what's actually happening are two entirely different things. So I'm able to separate that a little bit and knowing that they are going to move forward. So 
yeah, my personal feeling is they should be canceling it, but they're not. So what do we have in front of us? And what we have in front of us is uh, three conferences. I mean, really, it's it, go ask Ohio State how they feel. They would feel the same way. Uh, but you, you got three conferences that are that want to give this a shot. They want to give this a go. They believe that the protocols that they have in place will allow them to do this. And uh, there's many, you know, Big Ten fans and Pac-12 fans that that believe, you know, they should have at least had a chance to see, you know, you had all these protocols in place to see if they had worked. Um, but, you know, nobody wants to start a season and then stop a season. But that's just that, that's the risk right there. Right. As far as that's concerned. So I guess. Yeah, it's a it's a weird feeling to have where I feel that they shouldn't be doing it. But at the same time, I am excited and I want them to be able to do what they think. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room. Uh, And I think the people that are making these decisions uh, are smarter than I am. And if they believe that they can they can give this a go and, 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 you know, they want to see how it works. I feel like, you know, you almost owe it to them to make their own decisions. I mean, they're and th- this also goes back to something I, I've said for a long, long time is I really hate calling these guys college kids. Kids is such a, a derogatory term for, for all these college football players or anyone that goes to college, really, because, yes, they are younger, a lot younger than I am, but these are still adults. They can accumulate debt very easily. Uh, I'll flash back to my freshman year in college. Uh, you know, free T-shirt, sure. Uh, so, I mean, these are still adults, and they're making adult decisions. And they're basing these decisions off of other adults that are, you know, doctors. And, you know, so if they want to give it a go, give it a go. Um, I'm just – I'm not going to throw my arms up in the air over it. Um you know, I, I'm keeping my kids home. We're going to homeschool them for at least the first semester this year. Um, you know, that's how I feel about this. And I live in a rural area where it's not really a huge problem, it, but we live close enough to, to some very, you know, urban areas where that people go to all the time where it could become a problem. So I, I have very conflicting feelings about the whole entire thing. And I'm, I'm in a weird position where I don't, think everybody's right, nor do I think everybody's wrong on both sides of the thing. It's a weird fence that I'm sitting on, uh, but it, you know, it's my fence. I think um, as college football fans, we've kind of learned to compartmentalize things and also to turn a blind eye to certain things. I mean, to be a college football fan, you sort of have to not think about some of the things that that are being done for our entertainment, how 18 to 20 year, two year olds, many with no chance at all at a professional career are sacrificing their bodies for our entertainment. I think that, you know, the whole system, the way it's set up is very exploitative. I, you know, cheering um, the players trying to exert some sort semblance of leverage here um, amidst this, these COVID times. Uh, but I think that, you know, look, as a college football fan, I put all of that aside. I don't think of on Saturdays. I don't think about the fact how much money the administration or the university or, you know, the TV uh, partners are making off the backs of this unpaid labor. I just love college football. So I feel right. like 
it's it, it is as terrible as this is probably to say out loud. Maybe I'm saying the quiet part out loud. Like I'm grouping COVID like CTE, which is yeah. it's it's a risk that the players are willing to take, and I think that I, I'm not personally willing to take that risk. But I I don't feel comfortable standing in their way, saying you know, moralizing and saying. I know what's best for them. They've got, they can't, can't do this because of this disease. And, and I, and I realize it's a little bit different than CTE because CTE isn't contagious and you can't give it to grandma. Um, so I, I don't want to make a false equivalence here, but I feel like in a lot of ways, um, guys, our guys are, are seeing this and saying, you know, look, we don't know what we don't know. So I, I don't know, but I so think you're the- guys are, looking at it and saying, I don't know that this is going to be that this big of a deal for my life in the future. And it very well could be, but I, we don't know. We just don't know. So, so you're not willing to make the, uh, the equivalence of, chicken uh, wings? No, well, chicken wings, sure. But, uh, you know, storming the beaches of Normandy, uh, like Lou Holtz, uh, stupidly, uh, said this week where, you know, they knew the risk storming the beaches that you take on the Nazis, just like they know the risk playing college football. Uh, yeah, you're not I mean, making that, uh, that equivalence, right? My, my sister, uh, I talk to her all the time. I, I love her. She's not really that follows college football that closely. She follows it a little bit just because her son is a little bit interested. She called me and she goes, can we talk about Lou Holtz? And I said, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I said, look, I look Lou Holtz. I don't remember how many years ago it was. I want to say five went to Michigan's signing day. And was like blowing smoke up their butts and saying a Michigan education is equal to or better than a Notre Dame education and just all sorts of just crazy things. And I just assumed Lou Holtz had lost his mind then. And he's done nothing in the time since to convince me otherwise from his from his just terrible alleged statements about immigrants to his beaches of Normandy um you know, thing like Lou Holtz to me doesn't represent anything that I stand for. And it's just one of these deals where I'm really, I love the, the man, what he accomplished. And I love, you know, some of the things and the attitudes and some of the traditions that he brought to Notre Dame. But I just, just uh, you know, he is, he's, he's nothing at this point. He's, he's just kind of, he's embarrassing. Um, so things that he says. So when he dabbed with Harbaugh at the signing with the stars in 2016, that was a bit much that was for you? It. That was I, yeah, I think I wrote I specifically I remember Jude losing his mind when that yeah. happened. I, mean, I remember when that happened clearly. I was writing, was I was like, writing for her. I was writing for her loyal sons at the time, and I believe the article I wrote was called The Five Stupidest Things That Came Out of Lou Holtz's Mouth at Michigan Signing Day Today. <laughs> you know, and it was just like and, and he he had made it too easy. It wasn't like I had to like, you know, take something out of context or something like that. It was just like, you know, talking about how great Jim Harbaugh was talking about how great the, the, how unparalleled the, the academics were at Michigan. And I was just like, dude, it's like not, it's not like you only taught in South Carolina, dude. Like, it's just like, you know, you're just don't even get me started about loopholes. It's just, I, well, I I, appreciate the the, the tweet, the tweet that I, that I quote tweeted when that came out was specifically said former South Carolina head coach, Lou Holtz. He mentioned nothing yeah. about Notre Dame. But former course, New York you know, Jets head coach, Lou Holtz. 
Well, then you, of course, you get, you know, you get your defenders, and and it's like, like, look, well, people were attacking me, saying I was attacking him because, because, obviously, because it was on Fox. That was what, that was what the big argument with me was. Oh, you just don't like it because it's on Fox. Like, I don't give a shit if it was on CNN, if it was on PBS, NBC, UND.com, whatever the hell it is. Comparing players playing in the COVID era. To storm in the beaches of Normandy is fucking stupid. It there, is a dumb thing and, to say. There is a steadfast rule I, I, that you never compare sports ever, ever compare sports to war. It should be there officially. Is a light, there's a light thing to say. Like, like the have, trenches like, or something. Like, or like, The whole George Carlin bit about throwing bombs and field generals. There is a light side of war. And, and the military with that's attached to football and nomenclature that'll never go away. And that's fine because that is just a, a very simple and basic, uh, you know, turn a uh, phrase, right. But actually comparing to battle, real battle where people lost their lives. A lot of them, uh, this is the day, this is the day to playing a game is ridiculous. It is not the same. That is, that, you want to talk about false equivalence? There you go. Unless it's, we're talking about Frank Leahy and the boys in the 40s, or like Alejandro <laughs> Villanueva or Pat Tillman, or people, you know, people who served in war. Right. It's just, it's a bad, let's not do it. Guys. I, I think that, I think that when people, when you dare criticize Lou and people get upset about you, about that, I feel like, they don't understand, and you can hold two things in your heart very dear. One is right. that Lou, Hol- Lou Holtz means a lot to you because he was the coach when you were growing up. He's the guy who took us to our last national championship, 1993. Uh, he is the, you know, he is the, uh, he is revered for the four for 40, for play like a champion today, for all the inspirational things that he said to, to every kid that made them grow up and want to go to Notre Dame or want to play Notre Dame football. And... He's also de- he's also wrongheaded and detestable and out of touch and the past generation of, of views, you know, myopic views about uh, what makes this country great, including uh, thoughts, stances on immigration and also some sort of wrongheaded comparison between, like you guys said, like between war and and catching COVID. You know, it just seems it seems so tone deaf. And that's that's exactly what you get out of Lou Holtz these days is like whenever he's on Fox and Friends, I don't even bother to listen. I know what he's going to say. Like, it's just it's going to be some tone deaf rhetoric. And frankly, it's just a little sad. Yeah, it is sad. You know, what's not sad. Five star reviews. Hey, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys want to get into some? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into some goodness here. Just a reminder to everybody: Hey, go right now, go rate review this show, give us that five star rating, give us a review, even if it's not a five star. Whatever review that you you put down there over on Apple Podcasts, I will read on the next OFD podcast. And I'm gonna throw in a little extra here. I am gonna be begging you guys spread this show around. If you know a Notre Dame fan or or whatever, just start telling people y'all need to listen to this. Uh, listen to this. Listen to this. Put it on. Just grab their phone and download uh, the show onto their onto their phone and, and make them uh, listen to it. Uh, spread it around. See, say, hey, 
you gotta you gotta try out the socks see if it fits right so uh, unlike give it, give covid a, unlike covid yeah. let's spread this yeah let's spread 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 this exactly Not covid put on a mask <laughs> and put on headphones stop the spread of one and spread this instead all right let's get to the reviews here i got we got I got two of them for you guys tonight. Uh, five stars from E Cop Seven. My favorite podcast. I almost gave I almost gave you a Julian Love style three star, which is in fact an actual five star. But I decided not to punish certain hosts of this podcast for their <laughs> foolishness regarding that topic. Being a mid thirties father of two young boys, everything you say resonates. I actually enjoy the off topic stuff almost as much as the ND stuff. The day of the diesel story had me cracking up so much that I had to have my wife listen to the segment as both of our sons are Thomas obsessed right now. Hell yeah. You guys do a great job of making the listener feel like they are one of the guys. And it's what I imagine my conversations would be like sitting at the bar with my buddies. If they were all delusional Penn State alumni. If they weren't all delusional Penn State alumni. Keep up the great work. <laughs> well, I thank mean, you, Econ. The only appropriate response is – once upon a time, so very long ago, there was a little trouble going on. The diesels made the steamies pretty mad. Uh, they could uh, They couldn't even get along. What, what, See, what is the last line? You gotta there? sing it. You gotta sing it, Jude. Come yeah. on. There they go, and for the steamworks. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> our uh, our uh, fellow staff writer Lauren is probably very excited if she's listening to this because she's she's big into the uh, the Thomas stuff too. As she's younger than us and actually grew up with Thomas, <laughs> whereas we experienced it I think first time as dads. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, day of the deals, I, uh, man. Did my I tell you my nephew's 22, and, and he, that's how I first got on, caught on to the Thomas. Was have have I told was, you my Easter story? Is, is, am I repeating myself? Um, okay, so look, my, my wife didn't grow up Catholic. Oh, you know this one. Yeah, say, it, no, say, it again, say it again. Go ahead. Okay, all right. My wife didn't grow up Incredible. Catholic, so she, she, doesn't go to, she doesn't go to church. You know, I have a very complicated relationship with my parents where, you know, they're, they're godparents, each one of my my two boys. And so they're always calling me and saying things like, did you take Grady to, to church today? Or, boy, it'd be really nice to hear that Emerson went to church today. Uh, and, you know, I sometimes take them and I sometimes don't. And sometimes they're willing to go and sometimes they're not willing. And I don't really push the issue. So um, but I realize that's probably problematic uh, if I want them to be serious about getting into this. But anyways, because of that, they really have no good sense of the protocol for church. But one thing that we never miss, well, two things we never miss are church, uh, Christmas mass and Easter mass. And so oh, that Christmas. Those, those are the two. Yeah, those are the CEOs, two times, baby. Yeah. The two times uh, a year that my wife will go to church, not complain, you know, not do anything. She just, she knows like it's part of the program. We're going to be down at my folks house anyways. So, you know, my youngest at this point is three or four and very obsessed with Thomas and friends and especially day of the diesels. And so they, they started with the, with the opening hymn and, you know, I don't remember lift high the cross. I don't remember what the Easter song was, but uh, he starts screaming, no, no, damn, 
Tissels! Which oh, no. was very funny to me and my wife, but of course we can't be like, you know. <laughs> so we're like stifling laughter. Um, and, you know, they did not stop singing uh, whatever the Easter song was to sing Day of the Diesels, but uh, we gave them a lot of credit for, for trying uh, to turn the tide. It was like the guy who uh, starts the wave and nobody really is go- with him. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe somebody, uh, maybe gets uh, another somebody. But uh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my day of the diesel slash Catholic uh, intersection. And I apologize to those who've heard that story before. I really don't remember what stories I tell. I'm I'm totally that guy. I'm totally that guy that's like, have you heard this story? (laughs) You know, even when they go a lot, uh, the protocol never seems to get through them. (laughs) Like, uh, I mean, I don't know how many old ladies Dylan hit in the head with a flying. Uh, sippy cup, but uh, I thought you were about to jump like a pants. flying elbow. Oh, oh look, I mean, he's the done that. The pew, uh, an elbow. Uh, there was a time we went up to uh, as we were receiving the Eucharist, and uh, he just took off up for the altar. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a uh, you know, masks can get crazy. Uh, it's a it's a it's a sweaty time uh, when you have uh, some rambunctious kids. Uh, yeah. And, and people and, and well that and people that give you the uh the stink eye you know right it's, so it's like one of the when i moved up to to watertown 15 years ago i started looking at all the catholic churches and I actually started with this one holy family and i liked it so much i never actually bothered to investigate the other ones to see if i liked them them more but i love the whole, whole idea of basing the church around the family and you know we had a we had a priest that very much believed um, the, the children were the future of the, of the church. And so he wanted them, there wasn't a cry room there. You know, he wanted them to be, uh, involved in, in the mass as much as possible. And he used to say, uh, I know, you know, they're yelling or whatever, and it's loud, it's loud to you cause you're next to them, but don't worry. I've got a big mouth and a microphone, you know, like he'd always make jokes like that. So fast forward to probably less than a year ago, I'm lecturing and I've got my youngest with me. And I, I, despite explaining it to him 26 times that I was going to have to go up there, daddy was going to have to go up there and, you know, and speak or whatever. And he'd have to sit in the pew by himself. He freaked out when I went to go up and he was like clinging on me. So I, I had no choice. So I picked him up and I just carried him with me to go up to, to go up to lecture. And he's wearing these um, rain boots or whatever, or snow boots. One of them totally falls off when I'm going up there. <laughs> so now I've, gotta, now I've gotta drop him off at the little like sitting area behind the lector uh, station. Go back, run back to the front of the altar, pick up this snow boot. You know, you get a little chuckle from the crowd or whatever. Uh, give him back his snow boot, and then. Like whisper to him, like, hey, buddy, you got to sit still. You can't like you can't be with daddy right now. You just like daddy's going to be here, like within eyeball distance of you. But like you can't like do anything with daddy right now. Like you got to be really quiet. Right. And so he's good. He sits down or whatever. And so I just get up there and try to break the tension a little bit. And I just said, hey, they call, you know, they call it holy family. And everyone's kind of like murmuring, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know. But um, he starts standing. He starts standing up on top of the seat. Um, so he can see me better. I don't know what standing has to do with it. So father Mickey, who's like literally, uh, and he's an Notre Dame fan too. So this is great. So he's like, he's kind of, now he's like worried that 
Emerson's going to fall on this marble floor. So he's kind of like holding him and Emerson's like, what the hell are you touching me for? You know what I mean? And it's just like, <laughs> and this is all happening behind me when I'm trying to like, you know, second reading from Corinthians or something, you know? So it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a joy to have your kids at, at, at mass long story short. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take them, take them. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to keep giggling here. Uh, the next five-star review here from The Reedy says, Awesome. Come for the Notre Dame football. Stay for the tangents. I always look forward to, <laughs> we I always look forward to listening. We did it. Mission accomplished. <laughs> we did the thing. I always look forward to listening. It's like inviting three friends over to talk about Notre Dame football. It really is like a conversation. And as a good host, while my guests are talking – I'll preheat the oven to make the perfect pizza. That's right. Tombstone pizza. Official pizza of one foot down. <laughs> Fuck you, Reedy. No way. God. This caveat sucks every day. Uh, always, always the slander with home run in. Always the slander. Uh, uh. Josh, so so is this Brandon, like as great as great as your photoshops were of uh, of Carter uh, and BK? I there was a there's a part of me that was just seething because of my absolute burning hatred for Papa John's. Uh, if y'all don't know, you probably should because you'll you'll hear some of uh, we'll talk about the Papa John's pizza after Notre Dame game. It's what they serve you up in the press box after press conference. It's awful. Papa John's pizza is fucking awful. And I, I laughed my ass off hearing Samson today talk about how the first piece just goes down. Like it's the greatest thing ever. And then by the, the third piece, you're, you're wanting to like off yourself. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you can, I think if you can encapsulate the feeling of eating Papa John's pizza, it would be that picture of urban Meyer after the 2013 <laughs> big 10 championship in the tunnel on the gator eating the pizza yeah, meal where he's like, he's eating it, but there's just a little, like no part of him that's just having that right there. There's, you know a, I mean? there's just, just some like, game. There's just some games where the food that they serve you for your lunch up there is just so, Fucking awful. Like the New Mexico game. I'll never, ever forget. I, I don't even really recall what it was. It was some kind of, some kind of beans and rice. What? And it, it was the worst thing I've ever tasted. So like waiting for the Papa John, like the, it was so bad. You're like, you're looking at it. Like, where's the fucking hot dogs at? Bring the hot. Cause they'll, they'll serve hot dogs all, all day leading up to lunch. And then you're just like, bring those back out here. Would you, which they don't. Tell you're me just they served dying, waiting, waiting for that damn pizza to get there, and it's still an awful pizza. Tell me they serve some sort of like hellscape demon food for halftime of the Ball State game in 2018. Like you have to slog through that well, first half, and then they bring. Well, what did what's they funny bring? about? Well, the Ball State game was funny because I wasn't up in the press yeah, box for the one. Oh yeah, you and your son. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I took Ryan up there. Points. Uh, so the, yeah. If you guys haven't heard the story before, I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the real short. So I wanted to I wanted to take Ryan, uh, you know, uh, my oldest son, with me to this game, and I was going to have him sit with uh, with his uncle who has season tickets. And my wife, of course, gave me the like shittiest eye. I'm like, are you really going to have John be at the first game with your? Son? I'm like, 
Yeah, you're fucking right. So I'm going up. It's Ball State, right? So I'm like, you know what? I, I can skate by. I don't have to like like be doing my job job here. You know, it, it'll be fine. But so I, you know, I dressed like a normal fan that day. And my son, he's got his jersey on and all that. And uh, but I, I still went and got my press pass. And so, uh, so we go up, and this is this cannot happen anymore. Like this, like this was like the the last year you could do this. So this is before you know. So now they like they're doing metal detectors and all this shit. Then it was just you know you you just walk up with your with your pest pass and you go right on it. So I just told Ryan, I'm like, stick right now. And we had tickets. We had actual tickets. Uh, but I said, you know, stick right next to me. And we walked up and showed, and you know, everyone working there knows you, uh, you know, after a while, you know, they know you, you know them. So just say, you know, flash my credential and, and walked right in with, with Ryan. No one said anything. And I'm like, sweet, you know, let's just get, let's get up there. I can show, you know, show them where, you know, where dad works. That's where he wanted to see. And so I get to the, I get to the elevator and hit it. And next day, it's Michael Birch, whose other name's SID. He's in charge of all this stuff. And here I am, just, just like breaking this rule, probably. Uh, you know, did I, maybe I should ask for permission. I didn't. He's like, hey, I'm like, hey, we get in the elevator, and it's just like kind of one of those pauses. I'm like, hmm. Like, hey, my this is my son Ryan. <laughs> and so it got that out of the way, and it was all cool. I'm like, all right. So get up there and, and, you know, show them around, you know, we're talking to a few guys um, and, uh, you know, it, it was, it was pretty cool. He, he really enjoyed it, but the best part was uh, free food. <laughs> you know, So there's the hot dog spread. So I'm like, screw this, you know, before we go down there, we're going to get the, we're going to get these hot dogs and, you know, fill up a little bit before I have to go spend like 50 bucks on a pretzel. So I did that. Uh, but then what was really cool is that when we left, we went, went down in there and they still hadn't let any, anybody into the stadium yet. You know, it still hadn't hit the 90 minute mark. And so I've just got Ryan and we're walking around this empty stadium on game day with everybody out in these gates, you know, he needed a new sweatshirt. It was going to get chilly that day. We had time to stop it. You know, one of the, the stands that was there, normally it's like full of people and it's bustling and all that. Nope. We had time for him to try on a couple, make sure they fit, uh, took him down to the field with a tunnel. Uh, there's, I cannot remember her name for the life of me, but she's Notre Dame's like uh, game day operations manager. Like she's in fucking charge of everything that goes on um, at Notre Dame that day uh, of game day. And there's a little tunnel. Um, there's, a, not, there's a little hallway that leads from the stadium uh, to the tunnel. And that's used to be where um, or now it's like where the media room and all that stuff is at. Uh, where they moved all that stuff and you know, you need special access to get in that. I think my credential covers that part, but I, you know, of course I had Ryan with me and I was walking up and she had come out, out of there and she held the door open for us. And I was like, Hey, thanks. She's like, Oh, and she just kind of like looked around. She's like, is he with you? I'm like, yeah. She's like, Oh, she's like, she looked at somebody. I don't know who she's like, we're doing this now. (laughs) I just walked right, right on through. Didn't, uh, I uh, didn't think much of it, but, uh, yeah. And then we were in the ball state, uh, death zone, uh, for the rest of the game, but no, I did not know what we had for what they were eating up there for, uh, maybe it was some kind of yard bird. I don't know. Uh, Borsh. but that was a, fu- it was a fun, it was a fun time. It was about the only time I'm probably gonna be able to stick my kids up there without, I mean, maybe next time I should ask for permission. I don't know. Uh, but I thought it was a kind of a harmless way to, uh, 
to be the cool dad for him for uh for a little bit. He probably ruined it for everybody else. They'll never they'll never let anyone else do that again. <laughs> I I did about shit when I saw Birch. I think because I just was like I'm gonna get him up there, show him and go, and then of course he's right there at the elevator, like mm-hmm. And you know it was all good. I I cannot be the only person that has done that. Uh, so I th- think we actually we stuck uh uh Philip's dad up there <laughs> for, for for a few minutes. Uh, and he, Phil, his dad uh, ran track at Notre Dame, monogram winner. Uh, and he just got, he kind of wanted to be up there. I'm like, hell, we'll get you up here for a few minutes. So he came up, I think it was during the, maybe a USC game, maybe he was up here for him. So it was kind of a big game. <laughs> so he was up there for a little bit. I don't know. I don't take requests, but, uh, you know, it was, a, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a fun little, what, you know, the shittiest part was one time was, uh, uh Lino, uh, uh, Garcia, our, uh, hockey writer. Uh, he had, uh, he was coming up from the Florida state game, but I had, I had tried to get, I was asked for credentials for me and him. And they said they didn't have room for a, for a second person, blah, blah, blah. And so he was like, Oh, no big deal. You know, I'm going to, I got my tickets to this and that. And, uh, then I get up there and there's like three seats. There's I, my name literally was written down in two seats. <laughs> and then there was an empty one right next to us. I'm like, you gotta be, fucking, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> But uh, to their credit, they they uh, I think it was a new new bunch that year, and they uh, uh, they were having a, a hard time here and there. But no big deal. Plus, uh, I mean, it's only got to get better this year because first of all, uh, the crowds are going to be down probably because of COVID, and then uh, <laughs> you and uh, you and you and uh, Birch's replacement, Katie Lonergan, are, are best friends because she knows how to pronounce her last name, right? So she has here. There is no way that Katie does not listen to this podcast because no one has ever pronounced my last name correctly ever. They just don't. And she has been on point every single time. So the only way that she knows that is because from listening to the podcast. So, Hey Katie, how you doing? I, I'm not going to sneak any more kids up to the press box. Uh, no, <laughs> no worries for me. <laughs> so so yeah, I don't even know what's going to happen. The reason she's saying your name though is because you were you were dropping some hot fire to a Brian Kelly this afternoon, right? Uh, no, I, I threw Kelly a pretty good softball. Oh, okay. uh, but all right. I thought I thought he was going to go a different way with it, but uh, well, tell, know, us about, but, tell us about the softball you pitched him and what what his response was. Oh hell, what did I ask him? Um, <laughs> you started well, it off by uh, in lieu of for, not being able to bring the shillelagh out of the field for the USC game, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. They didn't take the last uh, uh, rivalry trophy question that I had, so I, I kept that out of it. But no, I said ba- basically from a uh, from just a football only standpoint, like uh, regardless of I mean, because so much of the talk is and rightfully so is you know surrounds COVID nineteen and all this and all the stuff that's going on. I just was, you know, from a purely football standpoint, you know, what kind of conversations has he had with, uh, you know, with his seniors and, you know, with, with the leaders of the team. And I was more alluding to, you know, like shit. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess I was alluding to more like, uh, you know, specific, you know, I said you know, with goals, I think I was looking more specific, like, you know, how they're going to do, um, you know, I, I don't even, I, I don't know, but I guess I, I wasn't expecting the generic uh, we're going after we're graduating champions <laughs> and trying to win a national title. And that's what I got. But he, he did expand some more, um, you know, about it. Like, you, you know, like he says, it's a very short conversation. They know what they want. 
Um, and that's what they're going to go after. Um, I was just looking for some more, like more specifics, like, you know, the, is Ian book talk about, you know, wanting to do certain things, uh, you know, this year on the field, are they talking about any kind of opponents? And really, I shouldn't expect, and I didn't expect him really to say much about that, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I well, don't know. I was trying to I, throw a little softball to, to, to lighten it, to lighten the COVID shit up a little bit. And yeah, we got it. And somehow, I don't know how Brian Kelly stayed in that chair today. Uh, but he did it twice where he reached all the way back, like, like a recliner and then pop back up. And the second time was at the end of it. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for him to fall. That's how far back he went. And then they, they stopped the, uh, the recording. Was it like, like, was he like thinking or something? Why was he reclining? I, 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 I move around a lot. I mean, maybe that's true. (laughs) That's true. So, I mean, he's just, you know, doing a little thinking thing, but I mean, he went, straight back and i'm talking like back parallel with the ground uh so <laughs> what what i th- what i think is funny is why does he use the virtual background of his own office why doesn't he just be it why doesn't the background actually his office my life i think he said his he said it's probably at his house right no you know oh, my wife asked the question no i don't think he's in his office he's he's oh. probably he's probably down um at the lake or something a, no, 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 Because he was at practice. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're probably, he's probably, you know, by the locker room or a little office, but offshoot out there on a laptop or some shit like that. And you did, there, like there's a, a studio, a like an practice. ND studio or something like that, an FIM studio? Or? He's, just, he's just, he's somewhere else, but it looks, but his his office looks nice, so he's going to use it as a background. Oh, I don't know. Right. My wife asked the same question as she comes <laughs> but I, you know, I told her I'm like, hey, I got a Zoom, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then she, she comes walking in. She, you know, she didn't know that I wasn't, or I think I didn't say that I wasn't being recorded. Uh, but she just goes walking in, talking, talking shit about something. <laughs> I just kind of look up to her, I'm like, hey, <laughs> like, respect the phone call. Respect She's the like, Zoom. Well, she goes, what the hell is up with this office? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know. It's a fucking picture. And she asked that she, why is he using a picture? I'm like, Ugh. so if, if maybe that'll be the next. So if his answer to your question wasn't the most interesting thing that you heard, what was the most interesting thing out of today's news conference? Uh, well, I did. I guess one of the things I was hoping, it, and I should have been more specific with it. Someone eventually did ask him about the ACC, like the ACC championship. So I got a kick. I got a kick out of that. Um, as okay. far as like. Uh, you know, he says, you know, the players are really excited about the thought of it and all that. Uh, he's in a tough spot, right? Because Notre Dame is independent. We're going to be independent forever. This is a different situation. Uh, so you don't want to downplay the ACC at all. And you don't want to like show I, he's in a really funky spot when it comes to talking about it. But I thought he did a good job with that. You know, talking just how you know excited the players are um, to compete for one. They know that any thing like that runs through Clemson, South Carolina. Um, you know, he obviously made sure to say we respected the opponent, the opponents we had, but, uh, you know, I, out of all of it, I think I enjoyed that one the most. Um, the rest is like, it's a, it's a bunch of procedure stuff. Uh, you know, what are you doing here? You know, the talk about you 50%, you have a hundred and some odd lot. I can't remember how many locker rooms they said, 150 locker rooms or lockers in the locker room. Uh, and you can only have 50% at a time. 
uh, 50% capacity at one time. So we talked about the challenges of, uh, you know, of doing that. Uh, you know, it's, it's all, it's all COVID stuff, <laughs> which, uh, which is interesting to lots of people. It's just not very interesting to me. <clears throat> um, for whatever reason, it's just, it's a bunch it's, of procedure it's, stuff. It's, and let's, let's reset this. He's seen two total practices at this point. One spring practice before the whole thing got shut down. And then one uh, practice yesterday. Yes. Maybe, yes. Okay. And there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, who stand, who stated out to you right now, uh, which is, which is kind of hard to do because he wasn't allowed to have contact with them over the summer. Isn't that right? Uh, I mean, Bayless, Bayless, Bayless had contact with them. Right. Zoom calls. There's plenty of, there's plenty of no there. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he said, he said some very fun things about Chris Tyree. How, yeah, um, how are we burying the lead here about <laughs> CTRB1, the man who I said would I would eat a hat. I would eat a physical hat, I believe was my quote, if he didn't touch the ball at least 10 times against Clemson. Um, I feel pretty good about that, huh? Coming so into so camp weighing 190 what pounds. And, the season before that, Brendan? Then I would say it's no action. According to Vegas, that would be no action, right? Yeah. Because the game no that they didn't, so they didn't get played. Just because he didn't touch the ball at all on a game that we got canceled. Right. Uh, okay. All right. So here's my question, though. Clear Because here's a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a clarifying thing. I just said he'd have 10 touches against Clemson. They're playing Clemson twice, probably. Uh, so, you know, five years. No, he'll, he'll have. <laughs> oh, you're already hedging. I love, I love No, I don't need to hedge. Uh, um, Kelly, my question Kelly's is, why isn't, it, for, why isn't it CTRB25, though? Why because he's RB1. He's okay. RB1. He's going to be RB1. I mean, the, the Irish Illustrated guys uh, apparently do not know why Brandon Lindsay uh, moved to, to number zero, but I think it's pretty obvious, right? Right. Zero I th- is O for well, as soon as, as soon as I saw that, yeah, as soon as I saw the zero, I knew exactly what he was going for. I mean, they're, they I seemed didn't upset really that he moved away from 25 because 25 has such a rich history of, of being the, the speedy guy in the team or whatever. Well, but Priester said, know, it, just said he, had, he has a problem with zero anyways, period. So right. I just he didn't like, I didn't I like was, Rex Fluger being both. zero. Yeah. Right. 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 And I get. I mean, I I can understand it's gonna that. Look, it's going to look different. It's like when James Onwalu wore number one for that game uh, against Texas when it, well you Big know. Lou Nicks, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, no, but he's got a problem uh, with, with some numbers here and there. <laughs> I got my own issues with my. When, Whatever that terrible uh, arm punt guy, Devin Gardner, wore ninety-eight for uh, as a quarterback, right? That looked that's dumb. ridiculous. For that's... the whole season, he won that ninety-eight too. Yeah. Uh, but I don't get what I don't understand is how we can go. What what, what team is this? This team what? Oh, I don't know. One thirty. Counting counting Notre Dame football seasons, yeah. And my number number twenty-six is just a number. Like it's like Jamara Slaughter, uh, or <laughs> Garen Bible. Uh, you know, I mean, I got, I get a, I get another freshman. Let's see what happens here. I think Clarence Lewis is number 26 now. Um, Kelly city liked the way that the, uh, the young DB yeah, look. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just, I'm still working on that. I, I think I, and I might be wrong, but I think Greg friend of the pod, Greg. Yeah. 21, I, 26. He was, yeah. He, he was 21 and 26. 
Yeah. So, you know, we're both, you know, pushing the, you know, the 26 narrative pretty hard here. Uh, you know, I, I would have liked to seen Chris Tyree said, you know what? Uh, thanks, but no thanks for 25. I, I want 26. Uh, I'm going to take it up another notch is what you could say. He, the reason he's number zero is because it's the closest he could get to number 10. Uh, cause you know, the quarterbacks, Drew Pine's got 10 and 10, 10 would probably be his number. I would imagine. Cause you think his, uh, number would be, 10? would be Lindsay's number would be 10. Oh yeah. Yeah. His, his, uh, brain Lindsay's entire motivation of everything that he does is based off of the very good volleyball anime Haikyuu and the main character <laughs> of which, uh, Hinata wears number 10. And if you've ever looked at Braden Lindsay's, um, social media, it's basically just all, um, Haikyuu, uh, stuff. And, uh, yeah, he loves, it's about a tiny little volleyball player. He's a little tiny Japanese volleyball player. He's very small. Uh, but his, through hard work, determination and extreme speed and jumping ability, he's able to rise to the top of the Japanese high school volleyball circuit. Um, and that uh, that's that's are, are kind you, of uh, are you and Braden Lindsay the only two people that watch this? Uh, you are not getting this kind of insight at any other podcast. I was gonna say Irish Illustrated's no. not giving you this. Eric Hansen's not breaking down this oh. anime. No, no, Braden Lindsay has. Do you think Brian Driscoll for, knows anything about? No, he doesn't know any about no. it. All of his like favorite cool characters speed. are very small. The very small, fast anime characters. Whether or not you go in uh, uh, Killa and Hunter Hunter, or um, you know Hinata in uh, Haikyuu, um, Deku in uh, Boku no Academia. Yeah, th- those are his favorite characters. And number ten, that that would be his pick, I would imagine. So, here here's the request, Josh. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to ask Katie if we can have Braden Lindsay on the podcast so we can just listen to these two nerds talk about this for 10 minutes and see if we can understand any words that are coming out of their mouth. She will approve that after, uh, Braden Lindsay takes an agent and declares animal draft. (laughs) (laughs) Braden, Braden Lindsay emailed me at like two in the morning. Uh, I don't know. Um, wait, you're not, you're not going to blow up Braden Lindsay here, right? No, 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 no. no. He emailed me like an actual media request, right? No, he's looking, he's looking for, he was he was looking for a uh, sweet edit. A, he was looking yeah, for some, uh, some gifts. Yeah, he was looking oh, for some art. some good stuff. Because um, I I did a I did a Photoshop of Braden Lindsay, and he was like, "Hey, I need a copy of that." And I was like, "All right, fine." And I sent it to him like two in the morning, so he could put it on his uh, Insta or something. I don't know. I'm not on That's the. Con- Listen, you wouldn't believe like the photographers on the field, like dudes be grabbing these guys, especially like after a game, like the. Players are just grabbing photographers left and right. Like, you need to take this picture. You need to take this picture. And half the time, you know, it's like three or four guys from the same high school on the other team. You know what I mean? So oh, like, yeah. Okay. And then they they want you to hook them up. You know, send me, hey, send me that pic. Send me that pic. Right, so right. That kind of stuff happens all the time. So like when we when we uh, beat Michigan, well, it seems like I don't know. Is that a big imposition for the photographer? Oh, they love it. They love it. Okay. They love it. All right. I mean, it's they. <clears throat> Like, you know, Mike, Mike Miller, when he was shooting for us, sure. he did that a lot. You know, he had guy, you know, guys grabbing him, um, you know, like, Hey, you know, can you get this shot? Can you get this shot? Um, <laughs> I guess last year it was, uh, uh, it was Loy wanted me to get a picture of him and, uh, Amon Ross. He had a really good relationship with Amon Ross A. Brown. He's like, Hey, can you help me out? Here we have go here, get a picture with that. Yeah. You know, and Amon Ross was a pretty cool cat. I talked to him for a second. So, but yeah, it's, that's a, that's a common 
common thing. Like one of my favorite picks that Mike took was after the Michigan game was with, um, uh, uh, Oh, what's his name? Man, the tie Robbie Toma. And... No, uh, f- 15. Now uh, the, Oh, Winovich. Winovich. Oh, Chase Winovich. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. The game where his mom got kicked out of the Notre Dame stadium. <laughs> so it was a picture of, uh, like Winovich, Kurt Heinisch, um, Dracovic, uh, I can't remember who, uh, the, the Pennsylvania crew, you know what I mean? Okay. So it's just kind of a funny pick because <laughs> the look on his face was a pure disaster. Uh, so, well, he was, and Heinisch Heinis was just grinning out. from ear to fucking ear. Yeah. Well, that one did the count against out. their, uh, yeah, exactly. They, they won in yard points. So it was all good. Yeah. yeah, yeah so anyway, won the yard point and that didn't count against their, uh, uh revenge tour still, anyway. They, I was so. going to say they could still do the t-shirts for the revenge tour. Yeah, so that's a very common thing. I mean, play, players are like, like, where's the photographer at? They're getting some of these picks. I thought you were going to uh, say Manti, Robbie, and uh, Alohi because oh, that was a, oh, something no. that was oh, also taken after the. And in fact, the, the story, here. the story behind the uh, the awesome picture of Dexter Williams and his mom uh, was was Dexter who had a really good relationship with Mike, and was like, "Come on, like just tap like tap Mike on the shoulder, like come on, come on," and tapped him to follow him over there so he could get That's those great. pictures. So That's you know, great. Dex Dex had a really good. Uh, he had a pretty good head about what uh, what was going to be a good picture. So, th- yeah, that yeah. stuff happens all the time. Lindsay asking uh, Brennan for that certainly is within the, the same the same realm. And, I mean, hell, why not? You know, give these it's guys a little. Picture. <laughs> well, it's funny it's picture. You, you did that Photoshop of that Japanime volleyball player or whatever. I had no idea what the hell was going on. And I noticed <laughs> it. I noticed it almost instantly had one like on it. And I was like, I'm going to click through. This is going to be. Braden Lindsay, isn't it? And sure enough, he was the first like. It was like the second I put it on there. He was like, yeah, there it was. Yeah. And Jude, it is very offensive that you say Japanimation. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that not the right term? Yeah, it's very, it's very rude. Just anime. Just anime. (laughs) Oh, my bad. 13 year old Brendan would have been pretty upset. (laughs) I barely even knew the whole genre existed until I went to college. My, my uh, freshman year roommate was like fucking huge into it. I never really knew anything about it. And he was always constantly drawing uh, like anime pics and all that. But like he was showing me some of the stuff and I'm like, it was freaking out there. Like R rated type. Like, oh yeah. Crazy ass. I mean, just insane demons. Dude, this, it was nuts. It's not, it, it, I, I liked it. But I just, I'm like, like, there's just no way I can get like, It sounds like your, your roommate was actually showing you rule 34 stuff. <laughs> There, there actually is. Uh, if we're gonna go on that tangent, there is an anime called I Shield. There is an anime called I Shield Twenty One, and it's about a Japanese high school uh, football team. And there is a transfer student uh, who's very good at playing running back. He's number twenty one. And the legend that they spin about him is they say he's the legendary I Shield Twenty One. He played football at Notre Dame in America. And it's like, well, he's a high schooler. How did he play? Don't worry, just go with it. So like the joke is, is that he played. They make the joke all throughout. They're like, oh, he played he played football in America for Notre Dame uh, with the Junkyard Boys. And I was like, well, now you're really mixing things up. <laughs> well, sounds like we need to do an oral history uh, during this long off season about this uh, anime character who. Apparently, oh, had I mean, a, we we have material. I mean, President Bartlett from the <laughs> West Wing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have Notre Dame connections that aren't real. Which makes sense because Notre Dame played, you know, the Japan Bowl and a lot of people's, you know, Japan's real go. introduction to football. They, they didn't jump on Miami's. They didn't jump on Miami's train. 
<laughs> yeah, probably not. They uh, they probably <laughs> had some some beef seeing uh, the Miami players showing up off a plane in fatigues, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Not have any- whoa <laughs> wait, were, you, were you referring to the 2009 Japan Bowl where the where Lou Holtz no. took a bunch of alums, or were you talking about the Mirage Bowl from 1979 where Notre Dame played Miami? The Mirage Bowl. Yeah. Okay. What was Brendan talking about? Were you not talking about 2009? No, there's there's the 2009, but this is way before that. That was uh, uh, 79. Yeah. <laughs> we have, I don't even know what quarter we turned. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would imagine I really we were know. introduced to football slightly before 2009. But uh, yeah, 79 sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good time for that. All right, so. Yeah, so we 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 just we just said you know about Braden Lindsay zero, uh, uh, Chris Tyree getting that twenty five, which is going to set everybody off. You know, I remember a a trip to uh, to West Lafayette. Uh, I mean, this is years and years ago. In fact, this was my first, my only college football game every year, or it was like every other year for like I don't know how long was a company trip that my aunt was the VP for. They would take a, a big bus, uh, you know, trip to West Lafayette for Notre Dame Purdue, and you know it was always a a, a, a Notre Dame uh, heavy heavy crowd. Uh, but I just I remember the one year the guy guy was on the microphone. It was like a DJ uh, on the bus going down. I think it was maybe it was like a sophomore or freshman in high school. I don't know, but uh, he was going on and on about uh, about Randy Kinder, uh, you know, wearing number twenty five. Uh, they must have been like maybe it was Kinder's freshman or sophomore. I think it was his freshman year, maybe. Uh, yeah, how excited he was and all that. So you know, numbers. The thing is, you know, numbers mean uh, a lot to you, to fans out there. You know, for sure. So Clarence Lewis, let's do it, buddy. Let's let's fucking do this thing. Do I do I feel like number three has kind of lost its cachet though in recent years? Like it doesn't seem to be a high value target for recent Notre Dame players. Would that be fair? Well, I mean, and my, it's Michael Floyd's been te- it's been 10 yeah, years I mean, since it, Michael Floyd. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's doubled up. I mean, it's usually doubled up. So right. it's still a very important number. But I mean, but a like, lot of the Avery Davis just moved back from to three from four. But like, right. it's him and what? Um, Houston Griffith. Houston Griffith. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, not two guys that you would normally associate with, like the likes of Joe Montana and, you know. Well, it's definitely an offensive number, right? Um, as far as like the greatness of the three, supposedly it's, it's, it's definitely an offensive style number. Um, but who knows what, who knows what Avery Davis has got in store for us this year. <laughs> or Houston Griffin, though. I mean, Isaiah Price Davis is supposed to be battle, uh, footsteps in, the, in that regard, quarterback to, uh, to wide receiver wear number three. So, uh, yeah, I'm, battle did the number proud, I, I believe, uh, you know, at least to get up at East Lansing for sure. Uh, and down in, uh, Tallahassee, uh, that's one of the best moments of that season. One of the last best moments, uh, was him, uh, Tomahawk chopping after that. He almost day. beat number one, Nebraska with a broken wrist too. So despite going three for 15 in the game, you know, Notre Dame had the toughest quarterbacks for a while. I mean, Arnaz battle was a tough ass son of a bitch. Carla holiday was another one that dude took a beating. An absolute yeah. brutal beating. Um, love that dude. He that guy was a warrior. Uh, you know, and another guy that you know ended up moving positions. But 
you know, I don't know. I, I have a special soft part in my heart for uh, for these quarterbacks. Just that. Uh, are, well, obviously, uh, you're no, you're number one in your heart. Jimmy Clausen got. <laughs> oh, he's an absolute warrior. Absolute yeah. warrior. But you you go out there with that foot injury, man. That's 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 no joke. That's no joke. Most guys would a coward. Not Jimmy. He's got he's all balls. And then some. <laughs> so, uh, so let's Notre Dame finally got to their 85 mark, depending upon how you're, um, how you're counting. Um, was it Cole Mabry? <laughs> Isaiah Robertson <laughs> and Trevor Spates. Yeah. Trevor Spates and Isaiah Robertson. Now Trevor Spates is obviously the most interesting of the bunch, right? Uh, transfer. From from Stanford, this was a fifth year transfer, and there was a big talk about does he have a six year? You know, he might have a six year of eligibility too, uh, and then uh, he goes out on a medical. Uh, I think you know it wasn't said what it was, but I think what was been alluded to is uh, the concussion problems he's he's had he had at Stanford carrying over. So it's just really weird. So, but I mean, he's going to Notre Dame for free for grad school. So think of worse things. So good for him. I mean, think about think about finagling that, right? Like that's that that's that you, that's you got a free free graduate year at Notre Dame for nothing. They get nothing out of you. Yeah, and you, you know, you still, I mean, like, you still, do you think there's a picture? Do you think there's a picture that ever surfaced with him of him in a Notre Dame uniform? Uh. Yeah, you have to. I mean, he probably had some promo no, shots. No, I think they were taken, but do you think they ever, or they're going to be sitting on some media person's hard drive for forever and never see the light of day, right? I would imagine that there is a certain person whose name rhymes with schmood schmishmore who probably <laughs> is going to buy a media guide. <laughs> well, what outside? Speaking of numbers, that that actually is. An interesting thing, too, because in the spring, uh, Notre Dame early enrollee freshman uh, Xavier Watts was number 21. And then now I think Watts is like 82. Yeah, 82 now. Uh, But does he go back to 21 now that there is no Trevor Spates? Just a just a thought. Just a thought. What number did Isaiah Robertson leave behind? 17, which is. uh, Uh. Jordan Vitello's got uh, got that, but that was and Nolan Henry's. Nolan Henry's graduated at this point, right? He's all out. Yeah, here. but it's it's still a walk on quarterback, senior walk on quarterback, uh, Cole Capen. Cole Capen, uh, awesome. At Yorba Linda, California, who was thirty one last year, so seventeen is a much more appropriate number for a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, big dude. He, I mean, he was uh, he's six five, two twenty seven. Hey, that's we're a, probably going to see him this year. <laughs> you know what they might. <laughs> Listen, Cole Capen, so, starting quarterback against Clemson. Write it down, folks. So who who wants to talk about uh, my favorite player on the team, uh, Brendan Clark? Who oh, wants to talk about that magnificent person? Here's my concern with the, the matter is we were very excited. And maybe I'm just speaking oh, for myself about Ian ecstatic. Book last year having the mustache. Oh, ecstatic. Why? Then, I mean – that's why he yep. got off to the slow start to the season. Yeah. It's because like Samson shorning his locks, um, he yeah. lost his power for a bit there. 
but he did. It was it was a magnificent mustache. It was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Nick Weischer was one that uh, really rocked a good mustache too. Uh, but uh, yeah, Ian Book, you definitely needed to keep that thing rolling. And Brendan Clark, the mullet and the stash from uh, you know, it's from Hampton or not Hampton, but uh, uh, he's from where the fuck? he's from Virginia, uh, Midlothian, Virginia. You know, it's just if it's a good look, it's a good fit. He's a gunslinger, man. Gardner, Michigan, Midlothian. Yeah, Midlothian, Virginia. Midlothian. Yeah. Isn't that what uh, they George Lucas came up with for the first episode of Phantom Menace? Uh, that's um, Midlothians. Yeah, Midlothians. Uh, yeah, Midlothians. Okay. I, was I, close. Just, I just, I just, Samson, I just, I just, I was way through, off. I just went through all uh, eleven movies. Wow. Uh, in order. Did you do the and, mach- uh, Oh, you didn't do I, the machete. You didn't do the machete. Uh, you didn't do the machete cut. Have you heard of this? No, I did. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I did. I did one through three and then solo. Oh. You started and with then, Phantom Menace. That's not yes. great. One not through three. three. Then, I, then I did solo. Then I did rogue one. Then I did four through Six and then seven. Then I went through the rich. I should. I needed to put in um, uh, Mandalorian in there, and I just did not. I, I needed to put. I should have, and I did not. Yeah, because that would have been what in between six and seven would have been Mandalorian, so, I think, right? Yeah. Brendan, yep. have you have you seen the uh, the fan cut that went around a couple years ago that was one, two, Topher, and three? Also, Topher not Grace Topher. did it, right? Not Topher's. Yeah, not Topher's cut because I don't think that ever made it ever went public but some guy put together one two and three and he only kept six minutes of one which is great it's uh, only the, the, the Guagon battle at the end I the would end. argue I would argue and I don't think that it's much of an argument I think that episode one is a better movie than episode two I think Attack absolutely. of the Clones oh, the really? absolutely the entire franchise yes. And episode yes. one is issued in the original. Yeah, but if, you, if you get rid of if you get rid of episode one, then you don't have the awkwardness of Anakin um, being a little baby when uh, Padme first first meets him, and then them falling in love in episode it's, two. I mean, it's just the general direction of the first first two movies wasn't good, anyways. Regardless, but it's just pure movie standpoints, one was better than two. Yeah, it, it just sits. Oh, I totally disagree. Hayden Christensen is one of the worst. You've got like 20 minutes of a pod race that was about what now? What um, was the, the pod race? Special. Well, I mean, they had, to get, the they had to get off the planet. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about Naboo uh, trade relations, right? For the majority of the film. Yeah. Yeah. It was a trade dispute. There, the, I mean, look, listen, every every story has its beginning, Jude. Not every story not every beginning of a story is exciting. Some of it is very uh, complex and political. And I would like the next one. I would like the next person who disagrees with me about Julian loves five star status to at least come to my defense and tell everyone here that star Wars episode two is a better film than star Wars episode one. And these both pale in comparison to, I think four, you will five, find there, was, there is, I think you'll find there are many people out there that will, that would put one ahead of two. There is a very creepy scene in two where Anakin feeds uh, Padme a, a CGI pair for no apparent reason <laughs> using the force. <laughs> Not to mention the I hate sand. It gets everywhere. And the Some sand the gets worst, everywhere. Yeah. 
some of the oh, worst yeah. dialogue in yeah, cinema history. Two was yeah, just course. Whitey and Whitey Anakin, very like, very frightening Anakin in a way, like very like uh, like stalkerish uh, kind of behavior. Uh, I I can feel everything that's going on in that room. Uh, that's he's got cameras and shit. You know what I'm saying? He's watching her sleep. That's, it was very police uh, watching you. He doesn't right. kill the young. He doesn't come. He doesn't kill the younglings until three, right? No, no he kills the children. I think three. I think three. Yeah. I think three is a good movie. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I don't put, think. It, I, put, I don't think anyone's beefing about three. Uh, three's got the best oh, memes okay. out there. Uh, higher ground, Anakin. Um, yeah, higher ground, Anakin is great. It's great. Uh, hello, the, hello there is always good. That's a it's a great TikTok meme right now. Uh, hello there. This is, this is where the run begins. I am the it's it's too good. No, it's, How, it's uh, which one is uh, Yoda bouncing around like a, a squirrel on meth? Is that oh, that's, two three. Or three? that's three. Okay. That's good too. That's, three. that's what I'm saying. Three's good. Three's good. But but no, two. Uh, Yoda breaks it out on two because that was yeah. the, that was the big thing about two is you got to see Yoda uh, bring out a light. Yeah, yeah, he did a little Dooku action. Yeah, yeah, Dooku so, in the cave, right? The Jeez. the best Star Wars films right now are the ones that fans are putting together. I got to tell you, there is a, uh, there is a Darth Vader one that I just watched the other day. It's been out for like a year, uh, but it's like shards of the, of the empire, something like that. It's a, it's a 20 minute flick. Uh, and it's, and it shows like this very, like this hardcore, like relationship between Vader and the emperor. Like the emperor is just like fucking chiding him the whole time and like vader knows that the the emperor did this shit like he said all this up and he's fucking pissed about it and he went to his office to go just blast him it's a great like 20 minute flick so fans put it together and it's fucking amazing i mean they did it on they did a better star wars film on a shoestring budget than disney did their entire (laughs) that's the entire time it's amazing sound difficult between that and between, yeah, between that and the fans that redid the uh, the lightsaber the lightsaber duels between Obi Wan and Darth Vader, that shit's fucking. That, you don't like fire. seeing old man Alec Guinness uh, just sort of like stumbling drunkily through a, a lightsaber battle with a, a man in inflexible <laughs> uh, armor. I mean, it had its day, but someone went and redid it. And they and George Lucas included like the erectile dysfunction joke of his like lightsaber sputtering out. <laughs> it's it's intense. Oh man, where where do we where do we go from here? I mean, I just, <laughs> can we um, talk a little bit about the how weird it's going to be if three uh, conferences go forward and two of them are like, yeah, yeah see you in the spring. We can talk maybe. about something real. I cannot so, imagine a college football playoff that does not include the big 10 or the PAC 12. I just simply can't fathom <laughs> what that could look I mean, like. I know Brent, Brendan's up in uh, skunk bear territory and I'm down here in the Buckeye state. I got to tell you, they're big. And I mean, I'm in the, it is a weird bunch right now. Uh, and all the jokes going around Twitter are just fantastic. You know, like, Hey, Notre Dame, join a conference, you know, join the big 10. So regardless of your feelings about the COVID thing, it's, you got to think that's funny as hell. I mean, you got to laugh at all these. Yeah. Greg had the best uh, turn, right? With the, with, um, 
what's his name? Uh, Desmond Howard trying to dunk on Notre Dame uh, at the beginning of this whole COVID thing where he's like, well, if Notre Dame doesn't have a conference, I guess I'm not playing this fall. <laughs> right. But then, but then Desmond dunked on Nebraska, ta- you yeah, know, that's... telling Nebraska to basically shut the fuck up. He's like, you ain't Notre Dame. You can't do this. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I thought we agreed to ignore Desmond Howard and his shitty takes. No, not not when he's dunking on Nebraska, saying they saying you you think you're Notre Dame, you ain't. Spencer, that was a good line. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's just straight. Like people have been asking like about national champions and all that. Like let's just let's just pretend that everything goes forward and the th- Big Twelve, which is by the way was was one of the funnier things the other night. You know when you're you're like you know you're waiting on the. It's the linchpin is the Big 12. Like, no, you mean the linchpin is Texas. And what Texas says <laughs> was what they're going to do. So it all depended on Texas saying yes. And you knew what you knew they were going to do. Yeah. But if everything goes forward, you're going to have Big 12, SEC, and ACC uh, in the fall. And then if they have a spring season, let's just say they do, you're going to have the, you know, the Big 12 or the Big 10 and the Pac-12. The Rose Bowl – are they gonna just gonna make that a national championship game? That's what I mean. A lot of people are wondering these things, and I, if I was a fan of a Big Ten school or Pac-12 school, I would just say, you know what? Yeah, it's a national championship. Sure, why not? Pac-12 might have their first um, unvacated national championship since when? Two thousand and well, they had one in. Uh, four, right? They had a national championship in 2004, but did they vacate that, or was it just Reggie Bush's? Well, they, they, high they, they vacated it, they, they, and then they, they, they had vacated. a they had a split national championship with Auburn, right? Um, it was that Cadillac Williams team, where um, so they had a split. No, they had one. With, they had one. Yeah, no, that was with one, LSU. Oh, LSU, yeah, it was the season LSU three. Um, so. Maybe the Pac-12 will get their first um, unsplit national championship since the 70s. No, uh, Washington. Oh, well, I guess Washington was split, wasn't it? Yeah, Washington was definitely split in 97. Uh, well, Michigan was or, 97. Uh, 99, 99, it was 99. 99, wasn't it? Yeah. Washington, Georgia Tech. Is that what it was? No, 99 was um, BCS, so there no, wouldn't that was, that, Wait, wait, that was... No, 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 99 was Tennessee, right? Yeah, uh, 98 was Tennessee. Um, 99, I think, was – was it uh, Bowden year or was it – wasn't that the year uh, Florida and Florida State played a rematch? Wasn't that 99? I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, needless to say – was, was, uh, was Washington. I forgot to find I think 91 was 91, 90 and 91. Yeah. The Pac-12s had a hot minute since they've been able to um, claim a national title. So I think that they would be excited about getting to claim um, a Rose Bowl title. But the real the college football committee already said that gets game on. And the fact that the Big 12 or the Big 10 and the Pac-12 dropped out Notre Dame, if they beat Clemson once this season, they probably have a pretty good shot of getting an invite to a playoff game with Clemson, right? Like, let's say Notre Dame loses the I first mean, one and then wins the the uh, championship game, or even vice versa, as long as they play them close. And I think games. it's a safe assumption to say. I think it's a safe assumption to say that if it's a four team playoff, they'll take the three conference champions and then an at large, basically. Right. 
Yeah. So who's your who's your who's your at large with the best? So I mean, I guess this, so that would depend upon conference championship upsets. So like you know if Alabama gets upset, if Alabama is undefeated and gets upset in the in the AC, in the SEC championship game, uh, it would be Bama. I mean just flat out Bama and Florida. Florida, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean I don't know that, that that's without looking at any of their schedules or anything like that, but. Uh, I, I don't I, uh, get anything possible, right? But uh, but one thing that's not possible, uh, I guarantee it, uh, we wouldn't have to worry about Michigan winning a national championship in the spring at all, period. <laughs> no. <laughs> <We'll still find laughs> you know, that's not happening third. so well. If, if Ohio <laughs> State wins in the spring, if Ohio State wins in the spring, so be it. Does Ohio State – so let's – and I don't know if we want to touch on they're Jeff have, plan. Have Justin Field. Wait, hold on a second. Before but, yeah, they're not going to have Justin Field. Before we go to spring – I got a sensible chuckle out of uh, Stuart Mandel tweeting uh, yesterday afternoon. We're down to 39 power five teams, most of which are only playing each other. If this season actually gets completed, there will be absolutely be some six and six SEC team in the final top 25, which I think is, is, is also is funny just because I think some group of five team that probably went, you know, uh, eight and two or something like that would probably not get picked over the six and six SEC team just because the way that the top 25 always seems to go. Right. Well, yeah. Notre Dame is number seven now, according to, to me. Uh, you think uh, Ohio State, Ohio State, Oregon and Penn State uh, who are right down Notre Dame, but throw them out. We just moved up to number seven. Awesome. We'll take that. The number seven rank. I mean, seriously, are they going to, because they're going to have to redo that poll, right? Like, like, let's just just say at least gay, at least week one, maybe they don't change it before week one, but after you get that first week, they're going to have to change it. Yeah. Why would you leave Ohio state in there if they're not playing? Right. Well, they don't, they have their preseason poll and then they don't do another one until after the, after the labor day. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, but you wouldn't leave them at in week one, yeah. So, at some point, they're all going to have to go, out, you know, out of that top twenty-five. So right. now, so, my, <laughs> so now you're going to have some really interesting teams from like nineteen to twenty-five that are ranked. Does this mean that coaches in the big, our coaches in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, going to get to uh, still vote? And does this mean for the first time in college football history, coaches in the coaches poll will actually watch? the games that they're ranking teams on. <laughs> well, it sounds like they're going to have a lot of time to actually watch the games, right? I think, I, I think no, they won't because they're still that. running 20 hours of practice a oh, week. Oh, well, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see how those 20 hours are going to go with there's no, with no games. All the players will be competing in the intramural football championship games that are still occurring on campuses. <laughs> Which consists of being mad. Justin Fields just lit up his dorm. <laughs> yeah. Game. It threw 700 touchdowns. Uh, it's possible. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a wild, it, there are some wild, wild ass thoughts, but I mean, for, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. We've talked about it enough over the, over the last, I don't know how many months now. But the the I don't know how feasible a spring is, but Purdue's Jeff Brome, holy shit, did he put something together? I mean, that's color coordinated. That's I mean, that's all. That was the most intricate plan ever, and of course, it came from a coach and not uh, a conference commissioner because there was a lot of detail in that. Did you guys catch that at all? 
Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I caught it. Uh, and this is the man who famously had his head uh, spun backwards in the XFL, and he was like, "Do I or do I not have a pulse? Yes, I do. Is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Then let's fucking go." <laughs> and he came. He comes up with the, probably the best plan for <laughs> for spring football uh, because I mean, there's just there's so much. I don't. That I don't want to say not, sacri- but there's just like, how do you do it? It sacrifices 2021 because his plan is to because it's the only way if you're going to have eight game schedule, which I think a lot of people are saying probably more like five, six. But his idea was an eight game schedule and then a 10 game 2021 schedule, which Purdue plays Notre Dame in 2021. So if they're going to a 10 game schedule, it's probably going to have to be all in conference again. And or if it's not, they're not going to start to according to his model, they wouldn't start till October anyway. So the Wisconsin and Purdue game, according to Brahms model, throw them out the window. So then Notre Dame loses those two games. And then does the Pac-12 do a similar model of the eight? Well, if they do, then you can throw USC and Stanford, maybe one of them out the window, probably uh, Stanford. And then Notre Dame might end up in 2021 if they if the two conferences want to do an eight. (laughs) spring season back in the ACC in 2021. They're going to have to defend their ACC championship. Yeah. Can they win back to back titles? It's like the only way you can leave the ACC is if you don't win the ACC title. The good news is I'm literally literally exhausted by the thought of thinking about 2021 where we haven't even figured out 2020 is happening. Well, the good news is, is that for the 2021 championship game, Notre Dame's not going to have to bring the title because just like civil conflict trophy, Notre Dame's just going to leave that ACC title <laughs> in the stadium, right? <clears throat> right. I hope I hope so, it's buried in the darkest recesses where they found the Hawaii Bowl trophy. Yeah, right, right next to the Hawaii. Because, right. I, know, like, I, I, I told somebody that the other day. And they're like, we cannot locate it. I, somebody asked me about that the other day, and they said, "What do you, you think they do?" I said, uh, "You know, they'll throw in the cloud." They're like, "Oh, they won't do that." I'm like. Uh, yeah, the or I said something about uh, I brought up the Hawaii Bowl trophy. I can't remember exact words I used, but I was like, yeah, they'll, they'll stick it right next to the fucking Hawaii Bowl trophy. Uh, but if you know, so one of the things that uh, fans have been asking about too is, you know, what happens if if you know, just say in the next week they decide the th- other three conferences say, okay, we're gonna scrap this and we're gonna go do spring too. Uh, would Notre Dame still be, you know, what about schedule all that? I, and I can guarantee you, if that happens, and if they would have actually have spring football, Notre Dame would still play, would be a ACC member for that. It's just you're talking about a whole lot of complications that you get out of the way by just running it, you know, that way. At least the spring season is truncated anyway, so good luck cobbling yeah, together yeah, I mean, a non-conference. It just it, it's the only thing that makes sense if it does happen. I mean, if it if it does get to that, and you're talking like, what? Not a very good chance of any of that happening, anyways. But if it would, it would be that. No. Ugh. It's. Uh, I never, never thought I'd be sitting here in the middle of August, the day, the day after my fucking birthday, and having all this nonsense up in the air about the college football season. This is just mind blowing to me that this is where we're at, uh, you know, from February and March to now. It's just like uh, it's it's hard. It's hard to deal with all this stuff. Like, what do you do? 
Well, you just uh, picture grandiose things like um, ACC titles uh, until they tell you to stop. I mean, should I get a tattoo of a ACC trophy? Hey, they didn't <laughs> not is. win it. They did not win it. I don't know. I mean, there's all sorts of dumb questions. Do we do we wear an ACC patch this year? Remember last year for the 150, that was the big thing. Like, is no, you know, no one going to put that on there. On their uniforms, they never wore it. I don't. They did wore, they wear it? Even yeah, they the wore it with the, the BC game, the throwback jersey. Okay, that was everybody else in college football, and I mean everybody wore it every single game. <laughs> Notre Dame's like, nah, we're we're putting it on the throwback, and that's it. That was interesting. Uh, do they? People are asking, are they going to wear the ACC patch this year? I highly doubt it. I, I cannot see a route that that happens. I mean, I hope they don't wear it. I don't. I don't. I don't want to have, and I think maybe it's so the, the pictures aren't dated, uh, so then they can use them in media guides without having, you know, player media guides. I'm mean, like, oh yeah, it was that season. It was probably the rationale for 125, right? It's to give the 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 players' uniforms a more timeless look. Maybe. That's I don't. Know. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, the one got- thing I don't know. The one thing I guess I would say was. Um, I'm always struck when I'm when I'm looking at these old media guides, how they didn't seem to do that, how like, you know, all of a sudden you'll be looking at the the Madonna Blues and you're just like, we're two seasons removed from the Madonna Blues. Like you couldn't have found a more up to date photo of Mike Golick. You know what I mean? Like it's not a random guy. You know what I mean? I always thought that that was kind of funny. Like I, I thought exactly like you, Brandon, like they trying to want to show you a picture from the previous season. But. They just seem to take whatever pictures easiest for them to find sometimes, I think. Well, that didn't ha- that tradition didn't start until Lou, so we just always oh, assumed. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my bad. And then Lou said, I, w- I, was, in, I was in the catacombs of the uh, Hesburgh Library, and I found a book. I, I, I don't remember the name of it, but. Uh, well, when I was over in out. France, I, fa- I found this article laid on the beach at Normandy. Right, <laughs> oh, right no. next to the finger bone of St. Cubert, I found <laughs> this uh, Say Cuthbert. Yeah, Cuthbert. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was making a Hubert joke. No, we're talking about St. Cuthbert. Oh, my bad. There was a comb that held his hairs. Yikes. Yeah. uh, Saints usually are pretty scary. People collect the strangest things. I don't know anybody who would collect weird things and put a lot of effort into it. Those people are weird. Speaking of As long as you're... As long as you're on the up and up and you tell your spouse all of the, the weird yeah. coat. Basically, Jude is just re- a reincarnated relic collector, right? That's right. Like like his old self was somebody like back in, you know, like 12th century Europe uh, running around trying to find the bones of the martyrs. You have not lived friends until you put in a bid on eBay for the 1991 Air Force Notre Dame program. Whew, what a rush. Let's not talk about Bo Morgan tonight. <laughs> the only Air Force player. The only Air Force player. He he made a big impression. That's a lifelong impression. But Morgan did. I'm just excited that Air Force is going to get to compete for the Commander and Chief Trophy this year. Even though uh, their conference, Mountain West, canceled it, they were uh, they've been given permission to uh, still play against Navy and Army. So uh, I think. I think a great thing would be is if like Army, Navy, and Air Force just uh, got themselves in a bubble, 
you call it military exercise. And then they just <laughs> played like a like a nine game season or something like that, just between just between friends. They're just uh-huh. going back, just doing rounds. The, uh, that I would I would love that. I would absolutely fucking love that. They certainly would have a lot of different options. <laughs> <laughs> at least three it would be at least three come on come on navy you owe me <laughs> you, you owe you owe me a debt here uh to, to try to put that together do, do you guys did we even talk about this the last time do you guys find it funny like how navy could have made it they could have been the 11th game of earning schedule had they uh just tried a little harder but they decided not to uh, and this is the team that we owe a life debt to. Is that does that make any sense to you? Not that I don't appreciate them being off the schedule. Uh, well, PC, sure, Brian I Kelly the, does too. I get the sense that like uh, you know Jack and Chet were like, look, we don't have to we don't have to force this. You know, you, we're gonna sleep together tomorrow night. You know, like we don't have to do it tonight. And, and that's why they uh, extended the series because they were just like, look, we're still. You know, hopelessly. So you just you just relegated Notre Dame Navy's relationship down to like oh, the uh, the well no the yeah the, well no. the automatic the automatic booty call like like the the person that you end up with uh, after the the strikeout nights like it's the, it's there's the call uh, they always answer self esteem by offspring it's self esteem by offspring I I I was thinking more like it's it's the the married couple that nobody really. Re- knows why uh oh, Will Smith and Jada married, Pinkett but, yeah. <laughs> but uh they they've had entanglements and uh they'll, they'll have entanglements in the future so yeah I don't know I just they, they, no one seemed like th- that they wanted to force it and it it was just easy to let it to let it go and it was I was also very easy to pair that with the oh and we're extending the series so then you know, everyone got to save face. So then nobody was mad at anybody. And then John, John Feinstein was most mad of all. So I, I think it was a total win all around. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Now Notre Dame has three bye weeks. Yeah. Though it would be delightful. Yeah. If, uh, I, I don't know. They're not going to make any attempts to fill that schedule, right? We haven't no, even mentioned No, no. And I, I had BYU's uh, SB Nation, uh, uh, a Twitter account had hit me up uh, a couple of days ago or something like that, like looking for the, you know, to talk about uh, Notre Dame. I, uh, I wasn't trying to be a dick. I just didn't respond at all. Because <laughs> I was a little busy, but uh, it's just, they're not looking to do that. Like, I, I don't think they're trying to fill up that 11th game. I think they're, what, they're fine what with the sense, 10. ACC. What sense would it make for BYU? Who's already trying to convince Notre Dame to come out to Provo or somehow make up that, oh, that, that, that lost again. game. To go back <laughs> to Notre Dame Stadium again, like now, they might that would be the Notre only Dame's reason bitch on their foreheads, you know? Because there is there is uppity ass uh, BYU fans. You talk a is lot there... of shit, and so that would be that would be one that would be something comical. So I would, I definitely wouldn't mind that just for that reason alone. I guess I know that Nebraska was told that they can't explore avenues to put to cobble together a season. 
But if Nebraska wanted to, just like uh, Air Force was given the option in the Mountain West, could Nebraska, if they wanted to, or Ohio State or Michigan or any Big Ten school, if they wanted to, or USC, if they wanted to, could they come play Notre Dame on that date if they wanted to? If they were like, yeah, we'll come on down, like barnstorm it? Uh, technically, yeah, but but no. Like, technically they could, but there's going to be a gigantic backlash. I mean, the, what was funny was the coverage given between Nebraska and Ohio state where Ohio state had talked about just that. And there wasn't a whole lot of uh, talk back, but when Nebraska said it, it was like, how fucking dare you Nebraska? Uh, <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, there's, Welcome to conference life, right? Where it isn't equal. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, Nebraska, Nebraska should have never been jumped to the Big Ten anyways. That was all. Uh, I mean, it's all Texas's fault. I mean, everything's Texas's fault anyways. But uh, <laughs> I mean, just look where the program is gone. It, it's not it's not I, I bring up Nebraska a lot as a uh, cautionary tale for the conference realignment stuff. Because they got away from what made Nebraska, Nebraska, and a lot of that had to do with being in Texas. And you just got away from Texas, and you know nobody in Ohio cares about. You. I mean, they just don't. Um, you know, nobody. It's just not a thing. Uh, so, you know, I think there's a whole lot of uh, we should have never left uh, <laughs> going on out there. I think they like the checks, and I don't know, Jude. Maybe you saw this that. I don't know if it was like a sketchy poll or some kind of weird uh, poll about someone uh, had had uh, had pulled the faculty at Nebraska about leaving the Big Ten. And they said like 90 percent of the faculty was like, fuck no. But then I, I didn't I didn't dive down the rabbit hole far enough where people were like, this is a sketchy ass. Anybody could have voted in this, blah, blah, blah. Did you see that? I didn't see it, but I okay. mean, it feels like it jives with what I and I brought this up before, I think, on this podcast, but the one thing I remember, because the whole Notre Dame um, teasing the, the Big Ten with the idea that they might join, it was 1999, um, they might come to the Big Ten. The one thing I remember was a article written in The Observer by the, the faculty about how great it would be to be in the Big Ten because of the um, – the research. research opportunity. Yeah, the research opportunities. They were they were a hundred percent for it. Um, they didn't care about independence or you know and all those considerations. They just knew that uh, getting themselves into the Big Ten was going to be a, a boon for um, for what they were trying to accomplish. So I guess I wouldn't be surprised to hear that Nebraska faculty would say, "Don't do anything to jeopardize our Big Ten affiliation." No, you get the, that research money. It's huge for being yeah. in the Big Ten. Yeah, I don't. And there was another thing about the uh, actual Again, it's, budgets it's of so schools. Much I, saw bigger. I mean, that's the thing. That I think fans fans forget all the time. It's so much bigger than Scott Frost or players who want to play or whatever. There's so many considerations, and that's why when these university presidents make these unpopular decisions for football. They're not just taking into consideration football. They're taking into consideration all their Olympic sports, all of their their agreements. You mean like you mean like moving a home game uh, to New York to wear some shitty <laughs> uniforms, uh, so you travel all over the 
back and forth between the coasts uh, at the I end mean, of the season? I mean, yeah, to a much lesser extent. Like sure. Yeah. Yeah, to a much lesser extent. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, the Big Ten Academic Alliance uh, pumps $10 billion in funded research every year. Wow. That's a that's a that's billion with a B. With a B. Billion with a B. Yeah. With a B. With a capital B. Yeah. That's a and lot. It's, of, for, it's for things like cancer research and um, you know pharmaceuticals. So that's why there's B. How much? How much is the uh, Big Ten Network uh, TV contract? Like fifty-five million. With an M. Million. With an M. Yeah. Uh, per school, wow. per school. So the 10B, um, you know, you're probably lo- for 14 schools, um, you know, just a shade under a billion, or, you know, maybe, um, you know, uh, 850,000. I'll just math and say it's not million. that much. It's not. It's not ten billion with a B, boy. No, it sure isn't. Yeah, it, that's that's big money. Um, well, I saw I saw an interesting stat too about uh, they were talking about te- like the University of Texas athletic budget, like how much it was, and then they showed like what the overall budget for University of Texas uh, in um, or what the hell was that? It, it was a smaller Texas satellite school basically um or anyways and it was just like astronomically huge like it dwarfed the athletic budget so it's like we look at these things like the the fear that people put out there about um schools losing money from from the athletics not from like football not happening and basketball not happening it's still like these universities are churning money over hand over fist and the ones that are in red they're just they're doing dumb shit. They're overspending. They're doing uh, things they shouldn't be doing. What overall like, the money is like there. Cincinnati. Cincinnati is spending a hand over fist um, yeah. right now, and, we'll and they got they got some problems because they they spent a lot of money trying to get into the uh, Big Twelve. Big Twelve, yeah. Obviously, Cincinnati was. I mean, and I think they thought. I, mean, I really think Cincinnati thought they had the in there. I thought oh, they Bone, they thought, Bone thought he had. He Bone thought that it was a done deal. Yeah. Um, no, I. It's uh, which it was sad that it didn't. I Cincinnati is uh definitely. I mean, we're Cincinnati adjacent podcast, right? Yeah, Cincinnati well, they're, adjacent, they're, of course. Yeah, they're definitely a program that that deserved a Power Five standing just as much as Louisville, uh, or just as much as Syracuse. Wake I mean, Forest. yeah, Wake Forest. Uh, Rutgers. Uh, why is Rutgers even in D one? <laughs> well, they did play the first football game, didn't they? <laughs> they, uh, they certainly did. Who did they play against? Uh, was, it, was it Princeton? And they're not D one, are they? No, they're D two. <laughs> well, they're they're D one, just uh, FCS, but FCS without with, with no without playing the C. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So it might as well be D two. <laughs> I don't know. This oh God, this era is just out of control. So. Let's start to wrap this up uh, before we get off. And uh, man, I don't know. We 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 go on Star Wars tangents, pizza tangents. Uh, I don't know what, how much more we could give you guys tonight. I mean, Joe Montana pimping the Guinness. I mean, there's something funny. You know how pissed was Guinness about this? I mean, you know this whole Guinness Notre Dame uh, partnership was all geared towards the maybe oh, Notre Dame game in Dublin. I mean, it was just it was all heading that way. Uh, and then now it's just kind of like a 
it was kind of a funny release of it all, you know. <laughs> I did like in the interview with uh, Connor where Joe Montana was like, "Yeah, my wife rides horses, and I just get drunk with Guinness." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, Joe, <laughs> slow down, buddy." <laughs> I like how he said it just came across his desk. <laughs> like I'm just gonna, I just need some partnerships to come across my desk. You know? Yeah, we we were teasing Connor because he didn't ask Joe whether or not um, Guinness would be sold in Notre Dame Stadium, you know, for the 2021 season when fans return. And he goes, "Yeah." By the fact that he said like basically he knew nothing about what they were trying to accomplish, I thought maybe he wouldn't know about that either. <laughs> like, ah, so, fair. That's so fair. now that Guinness is the official beer of Notre Dame and PBR is the official beer of one foot down is the OFD black and tan PBR and Guinness. Now I'm going to have to do it now. It's going to have, that has to be it now. Right. I think I so. Mean, I, I, that sounds yeah. hideous. It sounds awful, I mean, but we all have our crosses I mean, to bear. I mean, normally <laughs> it did a bass. It's bass and uh, Guinness, right? Yeah, typically uh, bass yeah, and Guinness. Which is funny because I, I just uh, – I drank a whole lot of bass yesterday, <laughs> uh, which is uh, which is usually a, a, a winter beer for me. Uh, but the, anyways, I'm, like, I'm going to push it. Fuck it. Let's, PBR and uh, Guinness. It's the uh, OFD Black and Tan for show. I mean, if you have to, I guess old style. I mean, that's <laughs> PBR Jason. <laughs> if, if it's you want PBR, to spend even it, less money, I don't know. I, is it less old style? Yeah, they sell it well. There is a, <laughs> there is a certain. Re- I can't remember which restaurant it is in Fort Wayne. Uh, maybe it's a place, maybe it's Hoppy Gnome. Uh, it's, it's a little, it's a microbrew gastropub, uh, place downtown Fort Wayne. Uh, great place. Uh, cool people. In fact, we were looking to do a partnership, uh, for the podcast before we did this whole other thing. Uh, but anyways, uh, they, you know, most of the stuff they sell, most of the beer they sell is, you know, the stuff that they're brewing, but they do have one, uh, you know, one, like, uh, you know, normal, I guess you, you would say a, beer on tap and it's Pabst or old style like whatever they have whatever they have that day (laughs) it's like why why is it one or the other no one can answer that it's just like it's Pabst or old style uh that might have changed that i think that the last time i talked to somebody about that maybe it was a couple years ago uh but i think the last time i was in there maybe i got an old style but i don't know i I couldn't imagine it being less less cheaper it's basically the same. Right. Maybe I'm off my rocker. All right. Jude, what do you got for us tonight going out? Anything? Yeah. Um, ben Koyak and his wife, who's a pro golfer or a former pro golfer, I guess now a golf commentator. T- terrible that I can't remember her name. I want to say like Henny. She's like Swedish. God, I'm screwing this up. I should have looked this up. I'm sorry. Uh, announced that they're going to have a baby. So that's kind of cool. So uh, add another one to the the family. And um, if I can get serious for just one second, when you hear my voice, it will be 81 days until the election. And I want people to start thinking seriously about making a plan to vote. Um, I, I'm very, very concerned about the reliability of the United States Postal Service to deliver 
deliver absentee ballots or mail-in ballots on time. And so I want people to start thinking about if they're registered and if not, getting themselves registered. And if they want to, if they're afraid of going to the polls um, this fall because of COVID concerns, um, investigating now how to get themselves an absentee ballot and how to how to vote by mail, uh, because uh, it's going to take a lot of time. The Postal Service is all screwed up, and I'm, re- I'm really worried that people are going to get disenfranchised this year. And this is my actual real job uh, when I'm not screwing around with you guys. So hey, Jude, I think can- about this all the time. Let me ask you, I, uh, you can actually drop off an absentee. Like, so if you have an absentee ballot, you can drop it off at a polling place, correct? I, or, is that dep- or is that like depend like state to state? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't want to speak for all the states. I would, de- I would right. say if you hearing my voice and you live in New York state, that absolutely that is the case. The your poll site is a drop off spot on election day. Um, so for an absentee ballot. So if you have an absentee ballot or, you know, somebody's going to the poll, um, you know, have give them your absentee ballot and tell them to drop it off at the poll and then we, we can collect it there. But, uh, yeah, just start, start thinking about this. Now you would be surprised even if you voted in every election, you'd be surprised people are human and make errors and sometimes they inactivate you or they purge you from the rolls. So make sure to protect yourself, um, make sure you're registered to vote now and let's get the process started because 82 days, I know you got a lot of stuff going on. I got a lot of stuff going on. We're worried about our kids going back to school. That's probably foremost on our minds. Um, but you know, take 10 minutes, uh, tomorrow and, and, and really, uh, make sure look yourself up, make sure you're registered to vote. And that's the first step. That's all I'm going to say. Don't blame me. Um, I voted for Kodos. <laughs> I won. <laughs> Welcome our new alien overlords. Yes. <laughs> I oh they can do a bang up job. That's, that's what I want to say. I am so just absolutely touched by the two or three individuals who reached out and tagged the OFD account with Stonecutters uh, gifs and memes. Um, <laughs> I felt I felt great shame. I was. <laughs> in love with those people. So I did I, not think that that was going to happen. I legitimately uh, thought that that would not go over people's heads, but like they just, it, I was proven wrong. Absolutely. 100% proven wrong. Uh, people, people did show up, people showed up and put them in there. I, I think I thanked everybody, but if I didn't thank you, then consider this your official thank you for <laughs> laughing at my stupid joke from, from 1991. So is it, all I got. Okay. Brendan, do you got anything to, to head out? Uh, yeah. Um, just, I don't know. Um, like I said, kind of at the, the onset, uh, if you're on the social medias and you're posting stuff, try every day. Um, you know, if you're posting things on there, try and put into the world good vibes. And it doesn't have to be about football. It doesn't have to be anything else, but we need as much good vibe. Everybody needs good vibes right now. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing now is to sort of deliver the news as it is, but, um, as it should be, but also try and try and at least every day, uh, try and do something nice and, and make people laugh or, or do something out there. Um, if you see something that's bad news, maybe, maybe if somebody else put it, don't, don't jump on it. 
uh, put something nice out there. Try and just put good things out into the world um, because who knows who needs that right now. And um, everybody, you know, try and and make the world, uh, even though it's tough for everybody, um, try and spread – Spread spread good things. Um, goof on Desmond Howard. We all like that. <laughs> I, I think I think a lot about um, Father Sorn, you know, and I, I probably told the story a million and six times because I love telling the story. But um, he talks about and the Alumni Association has adopted this this phrase "force for good," but that, that was in one of his early writings about how he envisioned creating Notre Dame uh, so that he could um, graduate a populace that would become a force for good in their community. And, and so kind of piggybacking off of what, what Brendan said, if you if you enter each day with that mindset that you're going to be a force for good, it's amazing um, what you can accomplish and who you will attract uh, in terms of the people that you associate with on a day to day basis. I know uh, Twitter is a place for a lot of us to um vomit our neuroses and i think that you know for some people that's kind of like they're you know this is the way that they that this is cheaper than therapy um but it's you know if you if you just if you try to be a force for good like brennan said uh it's amazing uh what what you can do in this world absolutely and i i one of my last thing my last thing here tonight kind of ties in with that a little bit but it, it's just a reminder to everybody out there that no one wants this to happen. Like I, I see a lot of attacks out there on, on journalists, uh, bloggers or whatnot, uh, you know, just fans like, you know, like we're rooting against this or that because we're, you know, reporting what's happening, what's happening or what might happen, uh, you know, like somehow like, like we're like the media is the blame. Like, uh, you know, it just it couldn't be further from the case. You act like the everyone knows. I mean, every media member knows what they're what's on this what's at stake, and that's their livelihood. I mean, their actual fucking livelihood, their income, their way to take care of you know their family, their wives, their children, their husbands. It's it's very important, but at the same time, it's very important that journalists are allowed to tell the truth. And tell and say what they're thinking too, as well in their commentary. And just because that doesn't line up with their own actual self-interest, doesn't make it any less true. And it doesn't mean that it's driving the driving force behind uh, what they're saying. It's just it it couldn't. It just it isn't how it is. Uh, But you know, accusing these people out there of um, you know of you know basically self-sabotage is a little ridiculous. Um, as I said, beginning of this podcast, I am very much in favor for them canceling the season. Personally, I would think that it would be the smart thing to do. Um, just stepping back and looking at it uh, from just it, it just feels like a logistics nightmare, a PR nightmare and a medical nightmare just waiting to happen. Um, but as a fan, I'm excited about the prospect of a season. I mean, just I am. Uh, but it doesn't you know, it, it, how those two things coexist is, is pretty strange, but it, it still coexists. And I know a lot of guys, a lot of uh, writers, journalists out there that, that feel very much the same way. Um, so just keep that in mind. Uh, we're all just out here just, just 
trying to do it. Brendan's right. Absolutely right. Be a force for good. Put out something positive. Just because you're reporting a negative doesn't mean you're being negative. It's just like, hey, this school had 30 COVID cases. Am I supposed to tell you that? Uh, I don't know that there's free lollipops down at the uh, <laughs> down the pharmacy. Well, I mean, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't free lollipops. Who should, what, what pharmacy are you talking about? Are you holding yeah, out I don't on free lollipops? What's going on here? I might be. So I don't know exactly what you want, what you want to be told, but where I'm, I guess where I'm at in my life and where I would hope most people are, you actually just want to be told truth and facts, regardless if it's good or bad. You just want to know it. Uh, and I'll take opinions too, because I think opinions count. Um, and it's not a bad thing to know someone's opinion, as long as you know, it's an opinion and not a fact. And I will stop my rambling there. All right. Well, again, please rate and review. (laughs) You got some lollipop. Where's the free, where's the free lollipops? Now you got me all excited. Everybody wants a free lollipop. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, go up. I'll tell you. <laughs> Hold on. Did, did you guys? No, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to bring it up. All right, that's it. Please go to Apple Podcasts uh, and rate and review again. Appreciate it. Begging for a five star again. Steal your friend's phone. Steal your mom's phone. Uh, know download the the podcast uh let's, let's do this for us and do this for humanity uh and that's all i got go irish hashtag carter was right phone the swings forever <laughs> ah, no.